0: Well good morning everyone. What a, uh, what a joyous, joyous day to be part of uh, such a wonderful congregation and uh, to think about all that the Lord has done and uh, just uh, celebrate it today. Uh, Kathy, that tribute was absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> what, what a great thing just to be able to, to take a, a you know, half an hour to, to review the 10 years and, and all the wonderful things that God has done uh, through this incredible uh, work that he's done to, to put this church together. So uh, I'm just pr- praising God for it, praising God for every one of you. Every one of you has made some contribution to this church and uh, some of you have moved on to other places and you're back and it's just awesome to see you old friends and uh, some of you weren't here at the beginning like me and so it's great to see our new friends and some of you have been here the whole time and uh, so we're just so thankful uh, for all of you. You know, our, our church's very existence is a testament to the fact that God blesses faith and obedience and that's what we're going to be talking about today uh, when we get to uh, jo- Joshua chapter 6. Uh, you know, we, we, can, we can look at it all throughout the Bible, this concept that God blesses faith plus obedience. Uh, but sometimes God tests our faith, as Kathy said, right? We've had times of testing in this church too. Uh, God has tested everybody's faith throughout the history of the Bible. And so this is, this is not new. Uh, God tests our faith. Sometimes he asks us uh, to do unreasonable things. Uh, sometimes God asks us to do impossible things. And the question is not, you know, is anything impossible for God? Of course, it isn't. Uh, The question is whether we will believe, whether we will trust, whether we will obey. Uh, To Noah, God said, Noah, you build an ark that's 450 feet long and 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. And then I'm gonna send rain after you board the ark with your family and the species of everything around the earth. Uh, You board that ark, I'm gonna send rain and everything outside the ark is gonna die while you survive. Can you imagine Noah's response to that? Uh, What's an ark, right? First of all, what's an ark? Uh, You want me to make it how big? That's a football field and a half long, right? What's rain? They had never seen rain before. Uh, So uh, Noah would be astounded, but in faith Noah obeyed and God's blessings followed. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son. Uh, Can you imagine what that must have been like? God promised that through Isaac, he was the one, through the children That the the children would be born uh, that would be more numerous than the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. These were the descendants that God had promised Abraham through Isaac. So can you imagine uh, his thoughts as he's going up the mountain, uh, a three-day journey with his son where he planned to kill his son, his only son. You can imagine him saying, God, are you sure about this, right? The unreasonable, the impossible. This is what God asks Abraham obeyed in faith and God's blessings followed. God told Moses uh, to go to Pharaoh, uh, tell him, let my people go. Can you imagine Moses Moses thinking uh, of all the things that that God could have asked him? Moses had grown up in Pharaoh's house, and and then he fled Egypt 40 years earlier uh, because he had killed someone in anger and then tried to cover it up. So the last thing in the world he wanted to do was go back to Egypt and confront Pharaoh. And the Bible records many of his objections, right? I'm I'm slow of speech. I stutter. They won't believe me. Uh, what, What shall I say your name is? Uh, eventually, uh, in faith, Moses went and God's blessings followed. So today we're going to look at the story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho, another story where faith and obedience lead to God's blessings. God asked Israel to do the unreasonable, uh, the impossible. Uh, and what we see is that uh, when, they ask, uh, when God asked them to march around the walls uh, for a week uh, and then they'll fall down, Uh, Well, that seems unreasonable and that seems impossible, uh, but that's what God asked them to do. So uh, to put this passage in context, uh, let's just remember that that God parted the Red Sea, right? So the Israelites could escape. Uh, And so after parting the Red Sea, God told them, go to Canaan, go to the promised land and take that land. And so uh, they're considering doing that, and they send 12 spies to go up into the promised land to scope it out, and 10 of them come back and report that, yes, the land is great, but the people are too numerous, they're too powerful, we'll never be able to conquer this land. Only Caleb and Joshua had faith enough to say, we can take this land, God has given us this land, and we need to go do it but the rest of the people refused. So God allowed that entire generation to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until all but Caleb and Joshua had died. Uh, Even Moses had now died, and Joshua had been appointed by God as their new leader. And now after 40 years, God was about to fulfill his pledge. He was going to give these uh, Israelites the promised land. But it wouldn't be easy. There enemies weren't going to just hand them the land. The Israelites were going to have to take it and they were going to have to trust God in faith and obey. So they, they camp out on the east side of the Jordan River at a place called Shittim. And then God tells them, you are going to cross that Jordan River and I'm going to stop it up for you so you can cross that river and cross on dry land. And in Joshua chapter 3, God delivered. They cross on dry land. They camp out in a place called Gilgal, as you see there, right next to uh, Jericho. And there they stopped to camp because uh, they needed to circumcise their boys. Uh, The the generation before had stopped circumcising uh, their boys. And so God said, you're not bringing uncircumcised men into the promised land. You need to have these boys circumcised. And so that's what they did. Uh, and then after they healed, uh, they observed the Passover uh, and stayed there for a couple more days. And then Joshua looks toward Jericho and he sees the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord says, remove your sandals, Joshua. The place which you are standing is holy ground, reminiscent of Moses. And so next now comes this amazing story of Joshua and the promised land as he's going to conquer the walls of Jericho. So uh, I'm going to pray and I'm going to read Joshua chapter 6 and then we'll uh, dig into the message. Lord, we just thank you for this amazing day, uh, for this just glorious celebration of you, Lord, and what you have done uh, through your instruments of, of faith and uh, people who, who uh, sought to be obedient to you, Lord, and uh, we're just so thankful for the 10 years that you've given us, Lord, and we uh, look with great eagerness and anticipation to what you have next for us, Lord. Uh, we're excited, and we're eager, and Lord, uh, we just thank you for this, and uh, pray that you'd come now, and uh, just help us to see uh, your glory in Joshua chapter 6, and may we pattern our lives after it. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 21. Uh, I'm just going to read it. Now, Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. No one went out and no one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and the valiant warriors. You shall march around the city, all of the men of war, circling the city once. You shall do so for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people will shout with a great shout, and the wall will fall down flat, and the people will go up, every man straight ahead." So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let the seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. Then he said to the people, Go forward and march around the city and let the armed men go before the Ark of the Lord. And it was so that when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward and blew the trumpets and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the ark while they continued to blow the trumpets. But Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout, nor let your voice be heard, nor let a word proceed from your mouth until the day I tell you, Shout. Then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord taken around the city, circling it once. Then they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Now Joshua rose early in the morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew the trumpets. And the armed men went before them and the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord while they continued to blow the trumpets. Thus, the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp and they did so for six days. Then on the seventh day, They rose early at the dawning of the day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times, only on that day they marched around the city seven times. At the seventh time, when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now drop down to verse 20. So the people shouted and the priests blew the trumpets. And when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout and the wall fell down flat. So the people went into the city, every man straight ahead, and they took the city. They utterly destroyed everything in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox, donkey and sheep, with the edge of the sword, verse 24, and they burned the city with fire and all that was in it. Now that's an amazing story. That's a miraculous story. And I want to make a a few observations about uh, Israel's faith uh, during this time from this incredible passage, and then kind of tie them to the history of Grace Redeemer Community Church, and look at some parallels uh, in the faith that we see here uh, uh, in our faithful saints and what they saw back then. So the first one is this. The first one is that sometimes God asks us to to obey unreasonable commands, right? Uh, God asked unreasonable, uh, seemingly impossible things uh, from the people of of, uh, Israel, uh, talking about Noah, Uh, Abraham, uh, Moses, as I mentioned earlier, and here God says to Joshua, take all these Israelites who've been wandering in the desert for 40 years and, you know, one time a day for six days, march around the city of Jericho blowing your trumpets. Don't say anything, just march. And then on the seventh day, march seven times around the city and then blow your trumpets and then shout and the city walls will fall flat. I mean, are you kidding me, God? This is the plan? Is this what you have in mind? Well, Joshua had already seen some incredible things, right? Joshua was there when God parted the Red Sea, uh, and he walked through it on dry land with those people uh, leaving uh, Egypt in the Exodus. And God watched, or Joshua watched God stop up the Jordan River so that they could cross and move into the promised land. So he knew that God had the power to collapse the walls, right? Certainly, God could do that. uh, But Joshua probably asked himself, why, if you can do it, Lord, why are you going to make me watch around the city 13 times first? Why don't you just do it? And I think the answer is that God was testing their faith and testing their obedience, right? Sometimes God asks us to obey what seems to be unreasonable, what seems to be impossible, what seems foolish in our own human minds to see if we will trust him and to see if we will obey. Now remember, God only spoke to Joshua, right? The rest of them weren't present. They didn't hear this. So uh, we imagine uh, Joshua's surprise at hearing this command. Uh, When our kids were little, uh, we used to watch all the VeggieTales videos. Any any VeggieTales folks in the crowd here? So uh, we watched all the VeggieTales videos. And there was this episode about Joshua and the walls of Jericho. And in it, the angel of the Lord appears to Joshua, who is played by Larry the Cucumber. uh, And Larry the Cucumber uh, is told by the angel of the Lord... These commands go march around the, the wall six times, each once a day, and then seven times on the last day. And the expression on his face is one of disbelief, uh, confusion. Uh, I have no idea, Lord, what this means or what I'm supposed to do here. But he faithfully goes back and he tells the people the plan. <clears throat> And the people were just as as confused as Joshua. Now, remember, Joshua heard it firsthand, right? But the people are hearing it from Joshua secondhand. So they would be saying, Joshua, are you sure this is what you heard? Are you sure this is the plan? Well, in the video, uh, one of the people that Larry the Cucumber tells says, we should go back to Egypt. We we don't want to deal with this. And and another guy says... uh, building, uh, marching around the walls ain't going to do it. We need some firepower. Uh, So their faith is being tested as well. Now, none of that stuff is in uh, Joshua chapter six. Uh, The the authors of Veggie Tales took some creative license there. Uh, But it's not far-fetched when you think about it, right? Like, what would you expect them to say? Of course they would say something like that. They'd be looking at each other like, God, uh, I mean, Joshua, are you serious? Is this really the plan that you're coming to us with? Uh, But that's not what's reported in the Bible. There's no objection reported at all. It just says that the people obeyed. So God wants us to be people of faith. Sometimes God asks us to obey obey unreasonable commands because faith shows itself through obedience. God certainly could have knocked over the walls with a single breath, right? That's nothing for God, but that's not how he wanted to do it. He wanted to test the Israelites' faith. And so let that be a lesson to all of us. Um, We don't need to understand the full measure of God's plan, right? We we don't need God to say, this is how it's all going to end if you walk this way. That's not how God works. He asks us to trust him, uh, to walk in faith. Even if his plan seems unreasonable or silly or foolish or impossible to us, he just asks us to believe and to obey. Now, to make it personal and, and, and to talk about the history of our church here, when the previous church and Carl had the falling out, I'll call it, uh, that was incredibly painful, right, to Carl and to Kathy and to their kids who experienced it. They were between 10 and 20 years old at the time. It was very hard for, for young kids uh, who are, whose faith is growing to experience something like this. And to many of you who were there who experienced this all at the same time. Why would God allow such a thing to happen? Why would God allow attacks from within the church? Why would God allow such pain uh, to be suffered by his faithful saints? And at the time, you couldn't know. Uh, you didn't know what was going on. But, but in retrospect, now we know that it's because God had Grace Redeemer Community Church planned for you all. And, and so you didn't know that then. But, but Carl, I mean, God asked Carl and Kathy and all of you who were there in the beginning Uh, to walk with him in faith, to trust him. And now, uh, 10 years later, and lots of testing and lots of circumstances, I mean, look at this beautiful building that we're in. Look at this beautiful congregation that we have as we serve our beautiful Savior uh, in this building. Look at what God has done in the midst of trials and bad circumstances and things that that we didn't ask for. Uh, So God sometimes gives us things that are hard, Uh, sometimes asks us to obey unreasonable commands. Following God isn't easy. Sometimes he asks us to endure unbearable pain uh, for the Anderson family and for those of you who were there at the time, unbearable pain, what went on at the time. Uh, But yet uh, God asks us sometimes just to walk forward in faith, uh, obey unreasonable commands and allow God to work things out in his own timing. So sometimes God asks us to obey unreasonable commands. Uh, the next observation that I would make is that obedience is a lifestyle. You know, God could have walked or knocked those walls of Jericho down the first time around, right? They take one lap, God blows the, the walls down. He could have done that. Uh, in the VeggieTales video, the soldiers who are standing on top of the wall are, are standing up there mocking these Israelites who are, who are uh, marching around the city, and they're throwing stuff down on them, and they're, they're jeering them, and they're making fun of them as they circle the city. Now, that's not in Joshua 6 either, but I also think that's not far-fetched. Right? Because in verse 1 it says, uh, God had, or, or the, uh, the people of Jericho had shut up the city for fear of the Israelites. They knew the Israelites were coming and they were afraid of them. And so as they're circling the city, uh, they were probably doing everything they could to discourage them and trying to make them go away. The men of Jericho would have seen them outside carrying the ark, marching in circles, and they would have heard the, the horns blowing. And so they knew that they were out there. These Israelites were not sneaking around, they were making their presence known. Uh, So the people in the city probably did all they could to discourage them, make them go away because they knew what God had done for the Israelites to their previous enemies. And so they're shaming them, they're mocking them, they're throwing stuff down on them. God tells the Israelites, take one lap around the city for six days, then take a lap, seven laps on the seventh day, enduring whatever it was that the men of Jericho were doing to them. And so the Israelites followed God's instructions exactly. And God's instructions show us That obedience is a lifestyle, it's not a single event. It's not one time around the city of Jericho. It's one time for 6 days and then 7 times on the 7th day. Continue to obey me, continue to follow my command. So God's so faith means we trust God, we obey God uh, every day with every lap, even when it doesn't make sense to us, even when it seems foolish to us, uh, even when it's hard or even if others mock us. If the walls had fallen on the first fell on the first lap, it would have been too easy for the Israelites. Uh, if God had just knocked down the wall after one lap. So their repeated obedience is what proved their faith and what strengthened their faith. Now, the beginning of Grace Redeemer Community Church was not easy. A starting a church never is. But, but day after day, as Kathy told us, meeting after meeting, uh, as, as bonds were, were strengthened and you remembered how much you loved each other, uh, the, the, the church just started to grow almost out of nothing as, as God guided you all. You showed up Sunday after Sunday or gathering in your homes uh, having meals together, uh, inviting people, and growing. And look what God has done. Uh, after a while, God gave, gave us a building to rent, right? And, and what an incredible God thing that, that Carl knows David Schiller, who is a messianic uh, a Jew who, who uh, preaches on Saturdays, and so the building's open on Sunday. Uh, what a coincidence, right? Well, God doesn't deal in coincidences. God had this whole thing lined up for us, and what a God thing uh, that that uh, Carl knew David, and how gracious of David to allow us to use it for free for a while. And another blessing that that was. So uh, that is is just how God works. We we walk through open doors, and as God opens doors, we walk through the next open door, and that's how we end up up here. Uh, So week after week, uh, we continue to watch how God has worked in this congregation over the past uh, 10 years. And so uh, he has led us uh, because we've been faithful uh, and God wants to to accomplish something through Grace Redeemer Church. So he opens doors, we walk through, he opens another door, we walk through and we'll see where God leads. Uh, But it, it works because obedience is a lifestyle and he wants us to follow him. And when we obey, we receive his blessings. The next observation is that when we're following God's will, it's better to be silent than to be speaking. Joshua told the Israelites in verse 10, not to even utter a word until the last lap, the last day was completed. And then you blow the horn and then you shout at the top of your lungs. Uh, So while marching in silence, imagine this, you're sitting outside this gigantic city uh, It seems unconquerable to you. It's shut up. The the walls are as high as can be. And you're being asked by God to do this silly, unreasonable thing, to march around the city for six days, but you're not allowed to talk. So that would leave you a lot of time to be thinking, right, and to be praying, to be thinking, what is God doing? What, why am I doing this? And there were probably times where they would pray saying something like, God, I don't understand this. This seems silly to me. I feel like a fool out here marching around this city while the people up on the wall are yelling at us and throwing stuff down on us. Uh, And so they have all this time to have these prayers going through their heads. And so this is what they're doing. I assume that they're praying God, we're doing it, we're walking in obedience, so please promise uh, or deliver as you have promised. So whenever we are seeking God's will, uh, whenever we're asking God to do something in our lives and we're trying to walk in faithful obedience, it's much better for us to be quiet because it's when we're in prayer that we listen to God, when we hear from God, and that's when God can direct our steps. Now, when Grace Redeemer was getting started, it might have been easy for you all to say, what do we need another church for, right? There's there's a church on every corner in the Dallas area. Why do we need another church? But the answer was because you guys have loved each other so much and you came out of a shared experience that was very painful and you wanted to be together, that you prayed. And Kathy talked about how you prayed and decided how God would lead and direct you and what you would end up becoming. And so you wanted to worship together. You prayed to determine God's will. And I imagine that just as God strengthened the Israelites' faith as they walked around the city over and over again, he strengthened all of your faith as you watched God building something here. And, you know, each weekend somebody new would come and how great it is to see you and and welcome. And, And all of a sudden, God was making something out of nothing. And you watched him do that because of your prayers and your faithful obedience. So... Uh, when following God's will, it's better to be silent than speaking. And then this one: God blesses faith and obedience. After the Israelites completed their seventh lap on the seventh day, they blew the the, the trumpet uh, a last time. And so seven times around the city on the seventh day, God is or God's perf, or number of perfection and completion is the number seven. And so that's the significance of the number. It's repeated over and over again. Then they shouted at the top of their lungs, the walls fell flat, and the Israelites took the city and they burned it just as God commanded. And so it was not by human might, it was not by human power, but by faith in the God of the sometimes unreasonable and impossible that God does his most amazing work and that the walls came down. God promised Joshua, I have given this city to you. And then God gave the city to them as they walked in obedience. Now, this story may seem fantastical, uh, incredible, uh, not believable perhaps to some of you, like it's a children's fairy tale, a nice kid story in the Bible, but it didn't actually happen, did it? Well, there have been archeological digs in Israel uh, that actually lend credence to the fact that it actually did happen. In the 1930s and the 1950s, there were two separate archeological digs uh, where those who did the digs testify that the walls actually fell flat and that the city was burned Uh, near the time that Joshua lived. Now, that doesn't prove that God did it, right? It doesn't prove that God did it, but it does prove that the events of Joshua 6 happened. And so it's up to us now to believe that God made it happen, just like, uh, like the Bible says that it does. So for the Israelites, God rewarded their faith and obedience by fulfilling his promises to give them the city, but remember, this was only the first city in the promised land, right? This is the first of many cities that they were going to have to go throughout the promised land <clears throat> and conquer. But God showed them here with miraculous works that he was with them, and that they didn't have to fear because he was with them. God gave them the entire promised land, and Jericho was just the initial deposit on what was yet to come. And so that would strengthen their faith. He gave us Jericho. Why wouldn't he give us the rest of it? And so they were able to march in faith. Uh, when you all were starting Grace Redeemer Community Church, the task was monumental, right? Uh, Starting a church is not child's play. It's not an easy thing to do. It requires a lot of different people with a lot of different skills and talents uh, to make this thing happen. Kathy talked about uh, hiring a a new pastor because of Carl's circumstances and, and needing a new building. Well, uh, on the day, the first day that the elders interviewed me, uh, Melanie had received a tip that this building uh, was for sale, and so I'm sitting in the living room of, of uh, uh, Jim's house, I think it was, yeah, Jim's house, interviewing with the elders, and Melanie's sneaking out the back door to run down, uh, check out Grace Redeemer Community Church for the first time. Uh, so how amazing, right, that, that, that uh, this building was available. Uh, Grace Redeemer Community Church bought this building and hired a pastor in the same months, like the, the same exact month. Those are the, the two biggest things like a church ever does, right? And they did it in the same exact month. So sometimes uh, God can move really slowly, and sometimes God says, keep up, we're moving here, right? And so that's what he was doing with us. Uh, when I first saw this building, when I first smelled this building... I thought about resigning, <laughs> but look at it now. I mean, what an amazing thing that God has done through this this building. There's not one inch of this building that we haven't touched in some way, with a paintbrush, with a sander, uh, putting floors down, carpets down, uh, Uh, Building the platform here, the sound booth back there. We've touched every inch of this building, and and we just see what God has done through faithful people, obedient, generous, talented, and visionary people who are on fire for the Lord. And that's what we have here at Grace Redeemer Community Church. God blesses faith plus obedience, and, and He has. He has done that for us, and we praise Him for these 10 years. So I just want to close with an invitation to join God and to join us. Has God ever asked you to do something unreasonable, impossible, foolish, silly, uh, something that makes absolutely no sense to you? For me, the most impossible, unreasonable thing God ever asked of me was to ask me to believe in his son. Uh, For a long time, I fought that. Uh, God, uh, over the course of uh, time and circumstances, uh, made himself uh, plainly known to me Uh, I felt like he was calling me and he did call me through uh, trials and circumstances that that, uh, made me see that he was real when I always thought this is unreasonable and silly to have faith in Christ. And now look at me now, right? Standing up here preaching a message uh, to God's people uh, because this is what God can do. uh, And uh, he asks us, all of us, to join in what he's doing. So Jesus came, right? He said I am God's son. And then he proved it by the works that he did, uh, the miracles that he did, healing the sick, the blind, and the lepers, uh, raising people from the dead. And his last and greatest miracle uh, was his own resurrection, uh, to be raised from the dead. The grave could not hold him. And Jesus promised that for any of us who believe in him, the grave will not be able to hold us either. And I wonder if anybody is sitting here this morning uh, who has trouble believing that message. And so this last part is for you. I just want you to understand that believing in Jesus is such a simple thing. It just means that we admit that we are sinners, that we can do nothing of our own accord to get into heaven. We deserve hell because of our sins, but God sent Jesus to come to earth to live a perfect life that we could not live and then die on a cross for our sins on our behalf and in our place and then God raised him from the dead. And when we believe in Jesus Christ for our salvation, uh, God forgives our sins, past, present, and future, everything we've ever done. And when we die, we get to go immediately into the presence of Jesus Christ, where we will spend all eternity. Now, why wouldn't you want a deal like that? That was the question I had to ask, ask, ask and answer myself years ago. Why wouldn't you want a deal like that? Well, I did want a deal like that once I understood what the deal was. It's free. It doesn't cost us anything. It's the theme of the day, right? It was, it's free. It's a free gift to us, and uh, we can have it just by placing our faith in him. So God wants each one of us to believe today, to live a life of obedience, and he will bless us. Life as a Christian isn't always easy, and you may be walking through something that's very difficult for you right now. But I just encourage you to trust and obey and keep walking, and God will bring you through it. Even in trying times, it's an incredibly joyful thing to know that we will live with him in heaven for all eternity. So God blesses faith plus obedience. He did it for Noah, for Abraham, for Moses, for Joshua. He's been doing it in our lives, and he's been doing it in the life of Grace Redeemer Community Church for 10 years now. And so we rejoice with exceeding joy at what the Lord has done. Praise the Lord who, who asks us to believe the unreasonable or even the impossible, and then who does the impossible to build our faith. So if you happen to be here and you don't have a church home, I invite you to join Grace Redeemer Community Church for the next 10 years, and we'll see what blessings await as we trust God and we walk in faith and obedience. Amen. Lord God, We just thank you uh, for what you've done over these last 10 years here at Grace Redeemer Community Church. This is so obviously a God thing that we could never uh, attribute it to our work or to any human hands, Lord. Uh, You have started this church. You have made this church happen, Lord, and you continue to walk with us faithfully as we follow you, Lord, and we seek your guidance, we seek your will, Lord, we uh, ask you to help us to Uh, stay on your mission, Lord. Uh, We want to reach this neighborhood. We want to save the lost for Christ. And Lord, we just want to have our ears attentive to what you have for us as we look forward to the next 10 years at Grace Redeemer Community Church. Lord, we thank you for your son who died for our sins and rose from the dead, Lord, and through him we have salvation. And we praise you in his matchless name, Lord. Amen.